be a gondola in Tweed Valley. Every one of those groups has a right to be in the outdoors, as we would argue mountain bikers do. Testing and prototyping facilities. Is this you going head-to-head -head with Taiwan? The numbers have gone huge there. I think we're up to 70,000 riders a year on there as well. Hi, I'm Hannah, and in this week's Single Track World podcast, I'm joined by Gray McLean, who is the head of developing mountain biking in Scotland, or Dimbins, as we may end up referring to it. Thanks for joining us, Graham. No, thanks for having us, Hannah. And uh, Graham is in the middle of a very busy week because the UCI has landed in Scotland and uh, you're about to launch a report, which is why we're recording this now in the hope that we'll get this edited out and out just about as the report is uh, hitting the headlines. Um, so, well, as I call it report, it's not, is it? It was the official title of this document. Yeah, the, the official title, title of the document is uh, the Strategy for Scottish Mountain Biking 20, 2023 to 2025. Okay, everyone, stay with us. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. <laughs> this is not a, a sleep assistance podcast. This is important and, inter and interesting stuff. <laughs> it, it, it does. The title doesn't give it give it too much, but but the detail within it, I hope that your yeah your listeners will find find interesting and informative, <laughs> and 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 ultimately make makes Scottish mountain biking better, which is what I think your listeners will want to see happen yeah. on the ground. Well, so I guess uh, this is a refresh of a strategy, isn't it? That pre existed. Um, so, what's the purpose of this document? Is it yeah, tell us what that why it's there. Yeah, good, good. Um, I mean, so um, since two thousand and ten, we've had a national strategy for, for the, within Scottish mountain biking. Um, we refreshed again in twenty in twenty fifteen. Um, from from that initial, which was more more of a strategic framework, we, we refreshed that one again from fifteen to eighteen. All the time, we were really building up a number of really exciting projects uh, within Scottish mountain biking, um, and. That led to us really creating a strategy from 2019 to 2025, which I think was probably the most visionary and the most exciting strategy that had been released to date. I think it really did define exactly where Scottish mountain biking wanted to go and what it was needing to do and has really helped bring in a, a huge range of investments into it. In fact, about two, we're estimating that the strategy has helped um, look at sort of £200 million worth of investment into Scottish mountain biking, which has not all been delivered, it's all been proposed. Um, as we've been working through that as well, um, obviously when you're writing a strategy in 2018 and you're trying to forecast what the next six years are going to look like, um, we 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 had a fairly normal 2019, but then 2020 yeah. was not not at all so normal. So so as we look, worked through that and um, and that took us somewhat off task when we had to look at what COVID brought brought within Scottish mountain biking, when we had to communicate. And work with Scottish government to help communicate to mountain bikers what restrictions were with COVID, and then also as well the the, the massive influx of new mountain bikers that we've had during COVID, which is mostly positive, but had some things that we needed to manage around that. And then also just as we moved through things, we realised that our six week strategy, while basically sound, was needing to be refreshed. Just take into account where we are with the wider kind of macrosphere of um of um macro situation that we have within within um politics and within funding and within wherever it is we wanted to just check that we were on the right track and we also felt there's a, a number of subjects like of e-bikes for example that we wanted to go into in a little in, a, in more depth and we wanted to really make sure all our thinking was right so that we can set ourselves up for at least the next three years and then and also beyond that right and so you mentioned the next three years. Uh, is that how long developing mountain biking in Scotland is funded for, or is that all to play for? Yeah, no, that, that that's that's all to play for. I mean, it's um, developing mountain biking in Scotland. The strategy isn't really tied to our funding in any real way at all. Um, um, from it as well. So, um, our funding has been um delivered some on, on a variety of different ways. Um, our funding has came from uh, national agencies, um, such as the enterprise agencies, um, and it's also came from Scottish government as well. We're actually in a phase of of working with Scottish government to understand what our funding might look like from next year. From next from next April, being honest, we actually are in a position where that there's actually quite limited funds coming into the core of developing mountain biking in Scotland from next April. So we're working with government to see how we can look to to explore different options and to get funding into ourselves um, um, and to make sure our core consensus can 
can keep on supporting and particularly supporting our regional posts and, and some national posts that we're coming having in now as well. So um, those, those are live discussions and they're working on them, but they're not really tied to the strategy per se. The strategy is is led by developing mountain biking in Scotland. That's our role is to lead it and to pull it together and to collect the thoughts and ideas and the plans from within the mountain bike community and within businesses who are working in things, within national agencies, um, within Scottish government, pull them all into one place and then try to make sure that we have a strong vision, we've got a mission, we've got leadership, and then we've got the themes that we can work through that could really everybody, help everybody really understand what is happening across the, the board of Scottish mountain biking, so what's happening right across the breadth of that, so that we can actually all be referencing each other, all helping to secure wider funding and actually making the whole of the sector grow and, and developing mountain biking in Scotland is just a conduit to really help that overall growth. Right. So it's kind of a focus, a way to focus minds on the the many different cats that have little pots of funding. I guess I'm thinking about other strategies that that you kind of, you you get funding and you allocate funding to each strand of that strategy. And then you go, are we spending the money on the thing that's on that headline? And this doesn't feel like it works in quite that way because you haven't got a big pot of money to spend exactly there is sort of two ways that a strategy can work we could go to government and say here across the piece this is a 200 million pound strategy or we could go to or we can pull the strategy together and then we we can actually all work at the work at getting bits of funding that are out there which then all support the growth of the overall thing so everything is joined up to a pretty to, to a pretty good extent and we've got national agencies talking to each other government talking to each other and within different destinations and different local authorities and cities we're get seeing people talking to each other and working well together and that but we're all heading in the same direction um, and we all understand how it can be fed and then we also got a kind of flywheel effect happening as well with it where funding starts to look at well why should we have um, our world championships come to Scotland. We were involved in the bid for that to come forward um, in 2018, I think it was. And we said, well, actually, this all ties in really nicely with the national strategy because we're looking at an innovation centre, we're looking at investment in Taberinsha, we're doing, we're looking to do master plans for the Highlands. Um, we've got money allocated to seven stains. World champs will just help all of those things come together and grow. So we end up being able to reference each other through the strategy, which means that everybody who's involved in Scottish mountain biking if they can see a part of the strategy they can deliver or, or that they're involved in deliver, they can reference that within their funding bids and that shows there's an overall coordination and that it means it's more likely to get funding as we go for, as, as, as they develop their projects. Right, okay. And then um, when you look at the the report or the, the strategy itself, it's, it's split up into different sections, different headings. But I guess broadly speaking, it looks at the economic, case for mountain biking and kind of the benefit and there's as i see it there's the tourism money that comes into scotland or comes into communities there's the business uh, innovation the actual bike industry coming and making things and then there's the kind of the people that live in the local communities uh, there's a there's a benefit that's economic from them being healthy and living full lives and that kind of thing does that have i understood that correctly yeah 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 broadly i mean i think it's it's not it's not just forced to focus on the economy but although that's that's a big part of it and um the kind of mission is sort of threefold it's one is to grow that sustainably as well so working with communities not 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 dropping tourism into them but trying to work mm-hmm. within communities to to have um to, to support the communities to put the right things in places to, to, to really um, have a have a to be able to deliver great experiences for mountain bikers who are visiting them and and they want mountain bikers to be there so trying to work with communities to do that develop products which is an economic return we also want to see we, we want to grow participation within Scottish people we want to have more people visiting the outdoors and experiencing the joys of mountain biking that's broadly in two two different camps of that you've got people who can do it themselves. Um, so they can go and what we want to do is be able to provide information and advice to them to do it responsibly and understand where they can access and get great experiences and build up their skill levels and two, a range of programs for people who are not quite as fortunate um, to be able to do it themselves and we can put in programs in place to support them into experiencing the, the, the joy that mountain biking brings. And the third part of the mission as well is for those people and Scottish people in particular who are participating in it, can they, if they want to, 
go really fast on the bike and compete and then have success in the world stage like we see a, a mm-hmm. lot of our athletes um, who are doing at the Worlds this week. Yeah, exciting stuff as well. I'm watching some of it, yeah. <laughs> um, so the first section then is kind of about trails and I think that's involved a lot of work with you. your regional coordinators, which is something that I think has happened since the last strategy refresh have i got that right yeah kind of i mean uh, we, we've um for probably since two th- we started developing mountain biking in scotland in 2010 it was a really small core team of myself and a part-time administrator supporting us to do things we went out and we worked around a number of different projects and we really helped get a lot of trails close to town we helped set up a lot of participation projects um we worked a lot of things i did feel though we were probably missing the ability to go deep within some of our key kind of mountain biking heartlands um, and really make a, a substantive difference in pulling them together. And I thought that actually it was a bit of a time where, you know, there were some relationships in those places that that, that, that were needing to be sorted and, and that was starting to come through. And there were some ideas that potentially weren't, being, weren't um, as likely to reach their potential. So we thought, actually, if we can come into those areas there, it's actually a full-time job to work in those areas and, and mm. to do it and to um, for people to come in and um, really make a difference and really help join things up and do that. So we, we got some funding from the European Union matched by some money from, from Scottish Enterprise, one of our enterprise agencies, and we put our first regional coordinator into the Tweed Valley in 2016. Um, right. And that was uh, Ed um He's gone on. To produce a not through our work, but he, he's also he he's written a gravel book and he's a really keen, keen um, cyclist and one of the smartest people that um, I've had the pleasure to work with, to be honest. Um, and and Ed did a fantastic job of supporting the Tweed Valley Trails Association, who were forming at the time. Um, he supported a lot of businesses to grow products. He helped a lot more events to come to the area. Um, he, he, and then crucially as well, he kind of helped and worked with them up, which were looking to put a, a chairlift. Uh, well, looking to put a kind of railway actually into into inner lethan and worked with them to evolve their ideas and eventually that actually and then he also worked with them to put in an innovation center and there was a lot of things happening within that that whole regional coordinator model which Mm -hmm. which we talked a lot about the time and i think sometimes we get a a little bit of a yeah you only care about the tweed valley but we're actually doing a lot of good work in that area and we wanted we also wanted that model to be replicated in other areas and we wanted to tell people well actually here's how good it is when you can put a regional coordinator into a place this is all the things that can be achieved and Aberdeenshire were the next place that really grabbed that as well and through the same funding mechanism we were able to bring in Will Clark who's a who's been a fantastic addition up there we've really seen Aberdeenshire grow hugely over the last number of years and it's it's not just Will and it's not just Ed it's actually it's it's, but it's the impact I think that they can have working with people and helping people within those the local areas, whether they're businesses or community groups or others, really reach their potential and grow. And then we can see investment following that and we can see actually just some brilliant mountain bike experiences following them as well. And we've got yeah. we've got Rory over in the Highlands as well, who's also doing a fantastic job and um, they've, got, they've got huge investment going into the Highlands over this summer in particular. So I think... Uh... We've obviously seen the Tweed Valley, the, the rise of the Tweed Valley and its success. Um, and then at Single Track here, we've um, we've started to see quite a lot of Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire stuff. So we can see those regional coordinators, uh, kind of, yeah, the impact of them. Um, and the Highlands, I'm starting to hear whispers around. So, yeah, I think it does work. And, and I guess that's the thing of overcoming that barrier that you have when a lot of people on the ground are volunteers. And it makes such a difference to have that that one person that kind of knows the area and, and can put that time into a little bit of admin and herding cats and funding applications or whatever to, to make it happen. So given that those are regional coordinators and it's taken that kind of small geographical focus, I wonder what you think uh, the impact of the new UK Trails project project manager is going to be able to be because they're going to have to cover all of England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland, Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's they've got a, it's a it's a big old it's a big job and it's a big remit. But I th- I think it's um I mean we've 
we've got a lot of knowledge of, of working in Scotland within trails, both through 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 myself, um, which has been kind of fourteen years of supporting different trail groups, forming and developing and putting in trails, both close to cities and helping with trails associations and other things. Um, our, our regional coordinators have got that. We're involved in a pan-European project called uh, Developing Inter-European Resources for Trail Building Training, the DART project, as it's, as mm-hmm. it's easier named for. So we've got a lot, a lot of knowledge of working in that as well and uh, and also a lot of growing kind of knowledge of the templates that can be formed, the relationships, the different models that can be done and, and can be put into places. We're hoping we can take that knowledge and, and, and feed them into the new UK Trails person. And then they, particularly through the first six months, can really look to understand what the needs and requirements are for groups across the UK. Now, this this probably won't solve everybody and everybody's, yeah. you know, it, it probably won't be the panchia to everybody's problems for sure. But at least, at least we can come up with a bit of a plan as to how we can best support groups. And, and we're pretty open to how that works at the moment. We don't claim to know everything that's happening in England and Wales, Northern Ireland. We, we've got a good grasp on where, where things are in Scotland and what, what groups are needing here and the need for more professional um, they, as they professionalise and start to have staff themselves as well. And, and I think but we're open to seeing where this goes in, in England, Wales and Northern Ireland. Um, and that we will have that, we've built in that into the project as well, is that they will really look to try and understand where groups are, where landowners are, where land managers are, um, where is the win-wins that can be done? Are they win-wins yeah. that are specific to a country or are they win-wins that could actually go across all countries and do that? And then we'll look to produce a report on that, which will then set out the KPIs and then we've got two and a half years for that person to, to do it. In a lot of ways, I can right. see parallels with myself starting in 2010 um, with with one person trying to do it and building mm-hmm. it up. And, you know, that will bring us up to a team of nine now within Developing Mountain Bike in Scotland. So, you know, there's it's it, it with from small acorns, and it's great to also see SRAM coming in as a, as a sponsor and getting the industry involved. And I think if we can harness that and harness the whole industry, and SRAM are also open for more companies and particularly UK companies to come in and start supporting it. If we can get that, and we can get support from from local groups, and we hope we can support them in some way through this process and to understand that first, then I, then I think we've we're going to be a better. We're looking for progress, not perfection, as well. Yeah. It would be a terrible irony if having secured three years of funding from SRAM for the uh, national uh, project manager that uh, Developing Mountain Biking in Scotland found its own funding pulled from April. That would be um, a disaster. So I certainly hope that that yeah. April onwards becomes um, yeah secure. I, I think um, so. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's just, yeah, I mean, I'm always, always one for being honest with people as well and putting them forward. And, you know, it's, it's one that I, I'm quite confident we will be able to source things given the impact that we can evidence as well. We've worked mm-hmm. a lot on, we've worked a lot and, and pretty hard on evidencing most of the work that we've been doing. We, we've worked with universities, we've worked with private consultants to come in and look at it and, and, you know, we've never done anything that's completely perfect <laughs> ever. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, but we've always looked to learn at what we've through through every project we've been doing, every project we've been managing. How can we learn? How can we make that better? What's but what's the impact of it been as well? And we've always been able to show a positive impact, but with rooms for improvements, and we try to bring that into our practice um, and and how we how we run things. Um. So, uh, going back to the. The, the strategy because that took us off on a diversion there sorry but <laughs> um so the first section on it is about the the trails um and I looked in there and I was, as I was reading it I was thinking is there a threat to access in Scotland because it, it says in there something about accepting that some unauthorized trails will need to be removed and questioning the damage that's done by e-bikes um and yeah it just felt to me like oh maybe scotland's access isn't as secure as as we all think it is when we're down in england yeah i mean I, um it's I, th- I think there's always threats to things that that you know you can do as well i mean it's certainly both of those both of those things have been discussed through the national access forum um we we've been quite proactive in making sure that that any potential risks that that may be there for for access are not just not just decided on people's opinions or 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 we haven't tried to find good and reasonable solutions to some of the some of sometimes justifiable issues that landowners and land managers have with mountain biking behaviors 
Um, and so on those two subjects, we, we worked really hard with and through the National Access Forum, with the National Farmers Union, with Forestry and Land Scotland, with Scottish Land and Estates, with other recreational groups um, as well, from, from walking groups, Mountain in Scotland, British Horse Society, um, to really look at, well, with, un with unauthorised trails, what, 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 how can we find a way of managing that that, that means that mountain biking can exist and mountain bikers can have those trails and how would they, how can they help manage those on behalf of landowners? And that's really been a really crucial document to then see the birth of trails associations, which is something that, you know, is, is rider driven and we don't take all the credit of that for sure. The people who volunteers who come forward and that are, are the ones that are putting in huge amounts of graft and effort and we really appreciate that but that document has given them the framework to be able to do that and with e-bikes as well we, we you know there is a the the scottish outdoor access code for example says that it's um it's you only have access if you're if it's non-motorized access so um there's been a bit of a question well if it's an e-bike how is that not motorized uh, and we, we've looked at that and said well it's the law is that these are pedal assist cycles um they're electric pedal assist cycles and that's why that should be and also we don't think that your fears around e-bikes are justified um, and some of those fears of just e-bikes being everywhere and not listening and not taking in any, any education um, are, are um, so we went into, we wanted to understand that better and we worked with British Cycling um, over last year and with a report that was published in January to really to really look at not just British Cycling but also the landowner bodies and and a, a lot of other people and we did some workshops and focus groups as well. Uh, within Renapa University who, who developed the report and that gives us an evidence base to really understand e-bike use and to help the National Access Forum understand e-bike mm -hmm. use so uh, but all the time we are quite aware that we've got we do have privileged access rights and we need to be taking we can't be taking that for granted we need to have good education we have good communication with mountain bikers and people need to understand their responsibilities that comes with those fantastic rights. I think, uh, from our point of view, in in the other in other nations, um, we're kind of still clamouring and asking for rights on a par with Scotland, and we keep saying, "Oh, look, why can't we have the same as Scotland?" And and in some respects, I think that proving that it can work and showing that evidence and showing the evidence for tackling the problems is going to be part of what we're going to need as we're sensing some of the political shift around access right changes in in england and wales like if if it's not addressed in scotland or it doesn't work in scotland it will be used against us you go well look they gave it out in scotland and now we're having to take it away or whatever so we shouldn't give you it in the first place so i think yeah uh, even if we never come and visit scotland what happens there in terms of access is super important um, for mountain bikers in the uk at the moment yeah, and I think so, and especially as we see the sport grow as well. I mean, it's we're having more and more people coming in, and, and our, our growth needs to be sustainable. Though it needs to work in with land management, it needs to work in with other users. We like every one of those groups has a right to be in the outdoors, as we would argue mountain bikers do as well. We've all got a right to do it, but we've not got a right to just do it without any taking any responsibility for our actions. We need to be able to to be able to access those places. We need to consider. What, what is happening with land management? What are the other users? What am I likely to see to meet with them and do it? And just full follow kind of generally follow rule number one, isn't it, Anna? You know, you just yeah. you just need to. <laughs> it's not it's not that hard. You just need to really kind of go. Well, what what do they need from me now? Maybe not to go through that harvesting site that they put a reasonable diversion in place. Let's just not not don't be that guy and let's follow that diversion and you know let's be nice yeah. to walkers and do all that even if they're grimacing as we go past them it's still worth it. A big smile and a wave and a thanks yeah. if they've stood aside. So, so then on, I'll move on to the the next section of the the strategy, which is destinations, um, and key destinations gets a lot of mentions in the the text. And I was wondering, what do you see the key destinations as being? Is it? Yeah. Um. What we did, what we did through the nineteen to twenty five strategy is we 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 segmented them into different levels. As well, so we had premier destinations, which were the Tweed Valley and Fort William. We had priority destinations on Dumfries and Galloway, uh, Perthshire, Cairngorms, and North Highlands, and then we had emerging ones of Loch Lomond and Trossachs Trossach and Aberdeenshire. What that gave us was an ability to focus our work from a particularly from a tourism perspective, and also from communicating to people where the best places to riders are within those. What we've looked at in this strategy as well is going well actually. 
let's open that out a little bit, a bit, and let's actually work with those destinations, particularly, but also some other ones that might be coming on, such as Argyle, maybe um, not just Tweed Valley within the borders, but the south of the borders, Murray, um, potentially the islands, and would you know let's look to there and look to benchmark them and let's have that a look at that across the whole of scotland so we still will look to take a destination approach but we haven't specified them like we did in the 19 to 25 strategy and we'll look to create a benchmark and and then hopefully be able to use that benchmark not not us doing it to use your scorecard that's not it it has to be about the destinations themselves becoming involved in it the people involved in it the communities involved in it the businesses and seeing how they being honest about where they are and then putting in the actions and the steps that we can support them with to then help grow and improve their offer to mountain bikers in that area right okay so we might get some new places to go and ride that'd be good um and i also noticed that it says in there uh that you want to have a world cup in scotland from 2024 but as far as i understand it that's not looking likely next year is it um there's there's um there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Um, I mean, it's what, what we we definitely we, we definitely see the value of of you know we've seen it this week in our communities. We've seen it in Fort William at the weekend. Um, we're in the Tweed Valley this week as well for the mountain bike at the XC mountain biking. We we see the value of having major events and, and the profile that they give and they give your sport. Um, we see that we know there's a lot of changes to them as well um, and to how uh, World Cups have been managed through through WD. BD um, sports group taking on on them and we are we are really keen though that we can work and work with Scottish government work with destinations um, to put in the infrastructure required and to make sure we can give ourselves the best chance um, of having uh, World Cups back into the future and certainly as well I'm a kind of optimistic kind of guy I'd like to think that that that, that dream isn't dead and um, yeah mm-hmm. we, we 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 can we can uh, make those things happen from um, 2024 and beyond. And is there anywhere else like on the on the list that? that could be like a downhill World Cup destination beyond Fort William? Um, eh, potentially. I mean, we've got, we've definitely got different places doing, um, developing things up. We, we've got within the trails bit of the bit, going back there as well, we've got strategic projects that, that we're looking at developing and we've got a range of them happening across the country. We've got the Tweed Valley, which is looking at a bike park coming in. We've got the Danoon mountain bike project. Um, Aberdeenshire is, is really invested in the growth of mountain biking, given the success of their of the work that's happened in that area and the recent launch of like Tarlin Trails um, as well. So we, we've got a number of different locations across the country, which we would hope that they could start to, to, to put in the steps to work ourselves toward that. And even like as well, it's I think, you know, we're quite keen to 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 work with key places and to work with key projects and even if we quite don't get towards that level if we if we just fall short of it we'll still be going to provide pretty amazing experiences for mountain bikers mm-hmm. as well so so i'm always a big believer in trying to reach there and if again that progress not perfection and uh, when you get to that as well mm-hmm. so is will there ever be a gondola in or a, or a chairlift in the in well, Tweed Valley. That's been talked about lots of times. I'm not. I've rather lost track of whether it's coming or going. Yeah. Well. Well, we've got. We're, we're in a. We're in a good place to, to make sure. Certainly. Certainly. Um, we're in a really good place with within mountain biking in the Tweed Valley with the Tweed Valley Trails Associations. We just secured some new funding to keep a trail coordinator in who's working a lot of trails in the Golfie and other ones. We've got the Innovation Centre coming as well, which is which is about. Um, a thirteen million pounds of investment coming in through, through next on my list, through, list through, to ask you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to that. But that that innovation center is tied to a bike park as well. So so right. that that bike park is at a stage now where it's gone out to tender. There's been a been a selected tender, and they're just working through the process um, of what that bike park might look like um, to do that. So so they're working through with landowners and with other people to work through. To work through that and to see what what will go into that space as well so that's that's kind of all i can say at the moment because it's all into those levels of discussions and which hill is that currently on does it have a it doesn't have a it doesn't have an exact location it's not been a publicized location so it's been right. looking at across the tweed valley as well there's there's been a number of number of places that or a, two or three sites that it might be able to go in so again that's just a process of working with um working with the potential provider um who will come in and they will come in and and also provide private finance which would then be matched with the finance that we can supply through um the combined bit of innovation center and bike park Mm -hmm. 
Ah, okay. Well then, on to this innovation centre. It says that it, it's to uh, will offer testing and prototyping facilities. Um, is this you going head to head with Taiwan? I don't know if it's quite head to head with Taiwan. I mean, I think it's. I think though what we what we will have to have, what we in particularly their manufacturing. I mean, we want to see more manufacturing for sure. Come come coming back. If you look at the statistics of of bikes being made within within the UK, it's it was you know certainly it's just hugely alarming that cliff edge they went through at the, at the in the early two thousands as well. And we've seen steady growth as we've got coming up, and we would like to see more of that coming on. I don't think we're going to reach Taiwan levels of it, but nor do I think mm-hmm. that um, shipping our flying bikes from Taiwan over to Europe is the most sustainable option that we could ever have as well. So I think we do need to look at a reshoring one as well. Um, what what I think we the innovation center does though is it provides that ability for. Um, for brands to come in to to look at testing products, uh, the trail at the bike park will be like a trail lab. So there'll be a, a, a they're investigating a a closed five G loop system through the bike park. Right. So you'll have automatic data coming back off the hill back into your design studio or your maker's lab within the innovation center. That you can then tweak your parts. You can look at that telemetry that's on the bikes to understand that. Put it back out onto the hill. Get it t- tested. If it's not working, you can use the three D printer that's on site to, to, to print off new parts. Um, and that that's that's the bike parts themselves. Then there's also looking at being a human lab as well um, into that as well, so we can understand what parts we can improve within the human through through um, a physiolo- physiology and other things. Starting to actually crept into a zone there, Hannah, where I was starting to describe things that uh, I'm not sure that I'm the best qualified to do it. We, 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 we um, the, uh, Henry Napier University in South of Scotland Enterprise have been working really hard on the detail of what that'll do. I'm, I'm kind of giving you the broad brush of it. Um, I think it would be useful as that's that becomes more open is to get one of them onto your podcast to actually give you. <laughs> before we have headlines of like aye. Scotland's concentrated doping centre. Yeah, yeah, aye. or 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 um, yeah, or Graham just making up words because um, he doesn't quite understand what the clever scientists are doing. Um, yeah, so but I mean, it's I I think it's really exciting though to have to for for global brands and you know we're actually going to um, we've got an innovation in tech power of the bike conference on Thursday and and you know it's the delegate list for that is. It's just hugely exciting to see the interest from the industry around what the right. innovation center is and how they can be a part of it and how they can use that advanced testing to really produce excellent products um, for mountain bikers um, as well uh, and uh, and also just you know we, we we think that actually having more people come to live and work and having high end jobs as well as having tourism jobs gives us a really sustainable model for our towns. Um, within the Tweed Valley. Okay, be an excellent place to be a bike journal as well because there'd be all the secret prototypes to be spotted. <laughs> that, there could be that as well. And yeah, I mean, we, we, we're, we're seeing it happen already within within the Tweed Valley as well, is that we do, we do have journalists up, up here as well, Hannah. It'd be great to have you up as well. More more people relocating here. And I think I think that, that alchemy, though, could work really, really well. And, you know, the Innovation Centre will have... Um, hot desking, you know, have the ability for to be there. So we really hope that it will become a place where industry and media can mix and and can be there. Mm-hmm. And while some things might need to be closed and be protected as they get developed, and I'm sure that will happen as well. But it will give us the it will give us the um, a place where um, people can come together. And we know when we bring people together, you get good ideas, you get creativity, and and then you get innovation from them as well. Mm-hmm. A hotbed of mountain biking. Mm. Uh, now then, there was a bit that maybe I've seen a draft and it's been amended, but there was a bit in the innovation bit that I just didn't understand. I'm going to read it to you. So it says the Mountain Bike Innovation Centre will be part of an EU-wide network of innovation support, which provides many opportunities for Scottish-based businesses and academia. As an industry that will be largely protected from changes within the macro and political landscape, it's important that support is available for both academia and businesses to engage at European level. Now, are we, are, I thought we were totally exposed, not protected. I thought we were being massively affected by world goings on. So what does that mean? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, good. Um, within that, Sorry. no, no, you're okay. Um, uh, uh, and the bike industry is is fairly resilient 
for things as well. I mean, he was going through a bit of a hard time just now, and mountain biking, from how I'm understanding it from conversations, is providing one of the strong solutions to it. What tends to what we've seen, you know, COVID obviously a big boom with things as well. We did see in 2008 though as well when we had the economic crash. What we did see was that bike sales were largely protected from that because as you have that crash, whilst we lose some high end or and some particularly mid end. Um, bike sales, you did have a lot of people coming on who were downsizing in cars and then moving on to bikes as well. So mm. as an industry, it is, it has it's a, it has an ability to smooth over both from from macro and political, and we're also seeing uh, more investment happening. Well, in most European countries, um, Scotland one as well. Um, I know not in all European countries, Hannah, um, but we're seeing mm-hmm. we are seeing investment in in most European countries. Um, um, coming through, so there will be that the industry is anticipated to grow, um, from now up to twenty thirty as well. So it is an industry that is looking to grow, um, within that as well. What is important though is that we continue to be able to network, as, and, and not just be sitting isolated as well. There's there's going to be certain certain the cycling industries Europe. I'm, I'm, they're doing a presentation actually on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to catching up on this. But they are they have a vision of creating a network of innovation centres around Europe, which have the ability for bike companies to use academia to become smarter, to get their bikes better, and to provide a better level of data service, be able to be able to improve the bikes so we can continue with innovation. And we'll all find our, our unique wins within there. So, for example, I think Scotland mountain biking is a natural fit. Um, and I think they're looking at e-bike technology and, and batteries in Germany, for example. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not the best one to quote me on there. It's, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with them on Thursday. <laughs> but that, that's, the, that's the vision, is that there's a European network of, of innovation centres. Pockets for expertise. And they'll let Scotland be part of Europe. You'll continue the independence campaign. <laughs> Pretend that Brexit never happened. Well, we can't, we can't, well, we can't pretend it didn't happen. It's definitely, it's definitely impacted us. Like that's the the Duck project. We had funding from that from the EU for a number of years. We funded, had our regional coordinators funded from from Europe as well. So that it does, it is having an impact for sure. I mean, there is some replacement fundings coming to ones as well from the UK government are investing into to to local authorities in Scotland and mountain biking is. Has we've secured for money for the Scottish borders through that, and we've got a current bid up in Aberdeenshire as well. So there, there is replacement bits, but it, it there, there is challenges for that as well. So, so we're definitely, yeah, we're, we're not isolated from it um, um, totally, but we also like I, 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 I do think like generally all of us and DMBNS, I, I really value the network out in Europe as well. I, I, I really miss that. As well, well, one miss being funded for the project, but you know, we, you know, over to them by Europe conference in the start of June, and you know, being able to network and work with people who are doing a similar job in different countries and learning from their experiences and being able to share ours and and doing things is it, it, hugely valuable. And yeah, we might have to find different ways to fund it than the EU, but I still think that learning and sharing and and, and shaping things, working with other countries, is yes, is a good thing. Yeah. Yes. I think there's a bunch of us that might agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and mountain biking is a good thing uh, for health and inclusion, which is the next bit in your strategy. Um, so I guess that's the bit that kind of sets aside some of the tourism stuff and looks at the people who are either mountain biking now in their local areas or could get out there. And I was quite interested to see that you're looking at some of the sort of family cycling connectivity that as mountain bikers, we might kind of look at a cycle path and think nah but you're saying in the strategy that it's a it's an important kind of gateway into mountain biking yeah i think so i mean i i definitely think there's something in we need to explore this a bit more um but i definitely does think there's something in connected communities as well there's there's something in that um that ability to to want to ride your bike I mean, there's functional transport that we'll need to have, and particularly within tight urban spaces, it's going to be challenging to put in a jump line, for example. We, we, mm-hmm. We're not we're not totally unrealistic, but there is quite a lot of communities that will work with some green space around them. They'll work with, they'll have more space within their communities. And we think that, and there'll also be routes that will work through parks and other things that will be good connections for people going to school from the things or maybe people going to the shops or, or other things that could be more fun than just functional and mm-hmm. and you know we, we, we're fortunate enough that 
um, the uh, Walton Foundation had us out to Bentonville last year as well, and, and that that was really what hit us there. Is they've got they've got a trail going from their town centre that's kind of as a spine path, which you know we have a lot of spine paths as well, uh, which I see they get used. They they have their function. The one in Bentonville had a mountain bike trail snaking in and out of it, and the mountain bike trail had an easy line in the side and it had jumps around this corner, and it was absolutely buzzing. And and this isn't this is in the states, which is not you know some ways has the same relationship with bikes that we have in the UK, probably a little bit worse as well. But it was absolutely jumping with literally jumping, um, and, but it was also just so many people on it. You had mums and dads with prams going down the, the cycleway. You had. Mm-hmm. Kind of kids on balance bikes going around the bike trails. You had groups of guys going out for, and, and girls going out for uh, out to experience the trails on the wider network. We thought actually that you know they've got a special set of circumstances there in Bentonville. But it, if our vision is to be a country that are healthy, happy on our bikes, active, um, getting outside, then why can't we learn some lessons from that uh, and put that in? And, and hopefully people can, yeah, yeah, use their cycleways to get to work and then have some. Mm-hmm be able to play on the way home and go home with a smile and yeah yeah i think there is a thing that says that if you learn through play you learn a lot faster than if you learn through like repetition and um like actual enforced learning kind of stuff so yeah like sending your kids out to play in the park and them having a pump track that they can pedal to themselves and that kind of thing just seems like a total no-brainer because those people that play on a bike are going to end up being good riders uh, and they're going to be people that like riding bikes so they're going to choose to ride to work or whatever instead of getting a car when they're 17. Um, Absolutely yeah, and, just... and then yeah and then when they, or when they you know when they get a car or they get a job and they get more money as they grow up and do that we, we want to have them be able to go right great well I'm going to go ideally I'm going to go jump on my train and my bus that are all equipped to take my bike from the city and then I'm going to go to one of my best destinations and go stay there in the weekend and, and, and ride all weekend and go back even happier and healthier from it. And then those rural communities, which, you know, we, we've got issues within our rural communities of ageing populations, kind of, kind of, um, uh, the fragile economies as well. And mountain biking can help all of those things by retaining young people within them and then bringing that, that those people, uh, our mountain bikers, into our places so that we can spread economic benefit and it's not just retained within our cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, and then finally, the bit of the report which I'm probably least interested in, which is mountain biking as a sport, because for me it's not really a sport. Occasionally I might strap a number plate to my bike, but it's not the be-all and end-all or the purpose for me. But yeah, you have aspirations, um, and clearly you've now had, or will have had, a, a whole world championship in Scotland for you to be able to presumably measure some metrics and benefits and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I'm probably a bit like yourself, Anna. Like, I don't, I've done an occasional enduro now and again, and uh, I managed to get a really fast few friends together and managed to get a podium at a puffer, but I don't think I can claim really the glory for that. But it, yes, the mountain biking is not, like, the sport is not the main driver for me personally. But I do think that sport does have a, it does have its place, and I, and I like mountain biking for that as well. I think from a lot of other adventure sports and do that, I like the fact that we, that we do have high profile sport. And if you want to go fast and you want to achieve and you want to have an Olympic medal and do that, then you can and should be able to have the whole, that should be, ideally that should be set up for everybody to be doing that and i think that's something that would be great to see is that is that we have a whole system like scottish cycling i've been running a brilliant program where you've got we're giving free bikes to kids and trying to bring build like we were saying before building play and fun into that so go to pump tracks and you have to turn up for six weeks and then you get to keep a bike and ride that every day ideally if those those kids want to want to become a world champion at it, then we can be able to set it up and network of support up so that they can then achieve on the world stage. That like that's a, that's just a, to me that's just a nice dream and that's something that we that we should be supporting. And I noticed, I noticed that, that there's, there's something, something called artistic cycling. I didn't even know that existed, but it's in the in the championships. I'm yet to find out what that is. Hi, have you seen I'm it? it the, the, no, I haven't. You know, you know, Danny does a feely. Do you know? Do you know that? Yeah. Vi- you know that video. If you can picture that oh, video. Oh, the person that's done the handstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person, the handstand, oh. and, and the ones that do that. That that that's that. I'm I'm not I'm not going to oh. Anna. But I um, thought there I, might be an opportunity for me to be a world champion at something, but not at that. No. Yeah, have you just just riding round <laughs> drawing pictures? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> 
Oh, well. Um, so, uh, I guess I was curious, do you have the data yet? Maybe it's something that will come out of one of your projects. Um, what is better per, like, pound spent, as an in? Um, is it a big flagship project like Glentress or Thailand? Or is it the, like... like Here's some trail tools for a super local voluntary group. Like, in terms of return, is it, do, you know, do you have any sense of? Good question. Um, I. Um, it's hard to say. So, so like, so, like we've we've got we've got cameras up in, in the golfie, for example, and the golfie has gone. You know, if if we look at the, the the trail fox data, which is what we're doing more and more, is looking at that and then matching that with the trail counters we have in the ground. Looking at that, the golfie since we've had since Tweed Valley Trails Association have started to adopt trails and manage them, maintain them, and provide um, not sanitary experiences but safer experiences in fall zones and, and making sure brushing is done well and things. And the fact that it's managed and you know you're allowed to go there as well, I think is a big part of it as well. The numbers have gone hugely up there, and we're up to seventy thousand riders a year on, on there as well. Um, right. Um, and then you've got a, you know, we've got Glen Tress, which is looking at about 240, 250,000 riders. So it's, it's huge as well. Um, for pound for pound, I suspect that, I suspect that the, the golfie is the better value, if I'm honest. Like, if I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm looking at that, probably saying that. However, I, I don't, I think if you want, if we want to create the right places for us all to experience and enjoy mountain biking, we need we need both of those things to happen. So we need our strategic projects, we need our volunteers and our rider driven trails associations. We need to be part of the outdoors and our upland paths and our wider countryside ones. We need our urban pump tracks as well, and and I think through our own networked way of working, I think we can we can help and achieve all of those things. We we don't do that all that that would be that would be too much and, 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 and not and not an effective way of doing it but we can spread knowledge and we can help inspire and we can you know sometimes make some phone calls if somebody makes a gets to a place and has a barrier and we know that somebody solved it we can connect it and help it and then we can try and get all of those things to happen which is which is what right. we what we need because if we just pick one model then i don't think it's as strong as if we have we have got the best models for the best places and the right people for the right places as well. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. a I'm sure there's a better way of saying that's catchier, but yeah. And where do you draw the line? We talked we talked a bit about uh, like internally in single track. We sometimes say what what is mountain biking? There's been quite a lot of discussion about that. So do do you include the gravel riders? Is yeah. there anything that's off road like pump tracks? That's not technically mountain biking. Ah, not really. Yeah. But I I, I was when they started to come across nobody else was getting interested in them and i thought they looked amazing <laughs> did it so I, I helped a lot of the first pump tracks to come into scotland and the model's going brilliant and we we support that and while it's not technically mountain biking the skills that the kids are learning on those and doing it are, are, are exactly the right bike handling skills that will take them on to, to enjoy trails and trail centers a long time um, and gravel as well gravel's in our trail section as well from in here we definitely think that you know speaking to to, to a lot of the gravel people kind of leading people in gravel in Scotland they definitely there's a definitely want for us to be involved in, in in creating sustainable trail plans for places that include a gravel network and there might be kind of small connections that look up with that we look at our wind farms we look at our forest road networks um, and also probably a role for us to help also make sure that groups and ourselves are communicating responsible mountain biking messages for gravel as well like there's everybody imagines gravel you're in the middle of nowhere there's no not as many risks because you're not on a road, but you are on forest roads with with big forestry vehicles. So there there's something in those spaces as well um, that, that that I think we can that we can help with in particular in regions that that we invest in regional coordinators and have we we can create sustainable trail plans for. Right. Okay. Uh. Well, before we go, what are you excited about happening in the next as a result of the strategy or things that we may not know are like coming down the pipeline can you tell us about anything um i mean yeah we, we, we've covered a lot a, a lot of yeah. a lot of the ones there like and, and they are all exciting projects and that, that's why it's uh yeah 14 years of doing the job is it's just just the more projects you can see it and you can see the momentum gaining from it i mean i, I do think um it's probably the ones that 
enjoy and, and see the most benefit are the health program ones that they set up as well and you see ones like of trail therapy and which is a program that, that, that we run that um, helps people and sustain and accelerate the, the recovery from mental ill health and to see people and see the change in people that when you, you come into those programs and to see them really go on and succeed in life and uh, it, it is that's the ones that are kind of like that like yeah that, that that's what gets us and and I, I want to hopefully we'll, we can hopefully be able to help support more of that to happen and more people run things we get more programs and we get more disabled riders on the trails we get more people from um, low, um, low income families being able to enjoy it and to do it I, I, and those are the ones that kind of drive me personally a little bit um, as much mm-hmm. as you know big shiny events and big shiny trail centres and 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 uh, big investments are, are are exciting and they have their place, but it's really the ones that make a difference to people that that yeah that 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 gets me. That's what gets you up in the morning and through the long meetings and through the strategy documents. There's there's a, there's 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 more meetings, Hannah, than you will. Yeah, yeah, you've worked you've worked in local government as well, haven't you? And you've worked in other places as well. And you you know local it's government and national government. I'm an expert in long long meetings. Yeah, there, there's long meetings, <laughs> and there's yeah, there's that there's like no, why would you think this is a good idea? And and there's definitely working with with a lot of a lot of like it, it isn't our strategy. We we are doing it as a sectoral thing, so we're trying to always work with with our partners and, and with national agencies, work with government and communities to, to really to try and see if they can adopt it, they can get there, they understand how all the bits fit together and they can deliver their bit and do that in a really good way and we can help support that. A lot of a lot of our work is around that, those things as well, which inevitably is long meetings, which on occasion mm-hmm. on occasion you're yeah, yeah, pulling my pulling my beard off. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you very much for for sitting through those meetings. Uh, please hold on to your beard, and um, yeah, because I think it's it's good for us as visitors to Scotland. But I think it's also beginning to set uh, some kind of map that maybe us in the rest of the UK might get to follow um, to to more mountain biking for all of us. So yeah, thanks for making it happen. No, I, no, thank you for taking the time to to listen to my chat today as well, Hannah. Thanks. (laughs) 